Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Hi, y'all. Welcome to our first podcast in our homeschool summer series. We have such a fun lineup for you this summer. Today, we'll continue our conversation on the art of strewing as we focus on how to whet your child's appetite for all things math and science. Now, as part of our summer series, we will be sharing a bunch of how-tos, starting with how to homeschool. This will be a great one to listen to if you're thinking of homeschooling or just starting out next year. And even if you've been homeschooling for forever, you might want to listen to if you're in a rut, or at least listen so that you can share the podcast with a friend who might be new to homeschooling. Now, last summer, I shared ideas on how to teach different subjects in simple and easy ways. So this summer, make sure you listen to or re-listen to some of those podcasts. If you need more help with math, check out season one podcast, Math Morning Time, Tame Those Math Tears and Fears. If you need some ideas for writing, check out in season one, Writing Lessons, You Can Do It episode, or season two's episodes, Creative Writing Toolkit. If you need some encouragement in the science department, then check out season one's episode, Science Studies Made Simple, and Nature Studies, Getting Your Feet Wet, and season two's episode, I heart science. I even have episodes to help you teach geography, history, and art in both seasons one and two. So this summer, I will be focusing more on general how-to homeschool topics, like how to homeschool your dyslexic child, how to homeschool for free, or at least mostly for free, how to homeschool with multiple kids, or how to homeschool while working full-time. We will also be digging into God's Word and doing a few Bible studies this summer. Then, at Chia's online convention this summer, I have the honor of sharing how to write a homeschool mission statement and how to use it to plan your year. I will be sharing with Krista Savota on C. Coley Living Podcast how to use games to make learning fun. And then later in the summer, I'll be talking about all things homeschooling with Marty Forte. So hopefully, between this summer series and last summer's how-to podcast, you will be encouraged and you will be filled with tons of new ideas for next year. So let's get back to talking about strewing. Hopefully you had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, The Art of Strewing. We talked about what strewing is and how to incorporate it into your homeschooling as a way to spark your child's curiosity and as a way to help him find his passions. Strewing is also a great way to keep the learning going in the summer when you're officially on break. Again, it's nothing fancy. It's nothing expensive or elaborate. It's just simple things that you scatter around the house to pique your child's interest. This week, I want to focus on my two favorite subjects, math and science. Let's start with my favorite. I have found one of the best ways to fix that love-hate relationship your child may have with math is to strew great stuff around the house 
that builds their number sense, spatial reasoning, and problem-solving skills. The best part is that they're doing math and thinking mathematically, and they don't even know it. So let's start with the things you already have around the house. In a basket, place some mini marshmallows and a box of toothpicks in it, or put in it a box of straws and some Play-Doh. Don't say a word. Just put the basket somewhere that's visible to all, but out of reach of the little hands, and watch what happens. One morning, before everyone gets up, try building something with a handful of marshmallows and toothpicks and leave it out for everyone to see. Your kiddos will be amazed and will want to add to your structure or begin building their own. On another day, put a bunch of Legos in a basket and any building materials you have. Do you remember those Lincoln logs and wooden blocks? Find them at garage sales and strew them about the house. You will be amazed at how many hours they can spend building forts, castles, and bridges with these building materials. Now I also have a collection of math manipulatives. I love putting out pattern blocks one week, geo boards another week, and Cuisinaire rods and tangrams another week. When worksheets and workbook pages aren't accompanied with the math manipulatives, kids really enjoy using them. They really love playing with them. They really love building with them, and they love making designs with them. I highly recommend getting magnet tiles called magnetiles. They're colorful and so much fun to play with. My son would use these to build hamster courses, and then he would let his hamsters run free as they made their way through his little obstacle course. My daughter would use them to build castles fit for colorful uniforms and My Little Ponies. Now, speaking of magnets, get your hands on the Stack and Match Magnet Rings. This kit comes with towers, colorful magnetic circles, and pattern cards. The kids have fun trying to replicate and extend the patterns on the cards, but since the rings are made with magnets, there's added fun with the polar opposite reactions. This kept my kids busy for hours, and it sparked a huge interest in all things magnetic. If you have children learning to count, they love counting and sorting all kinds of things. So put colorful objects in a basket and let them explore. They will naturally count them, sort them, pile them up, and make things with them. Another favorite was putting all kinds of measuring devices in a box with some things to measure. I would put rulers, measuring tapes, a little plastic balance, some plastic measuring cups, a thermometer, and even a rain gauge one year. And then I would throw whatever I could find into the box that would be fun to measure. Again, once your kiddos discover the measuring tools, they will go all around the house and the yard measuring everything they can find. My kitchen floor got a little messy when they realized they could measure water and flour with the measuring cups. But hey, the mess was easy to clean up, so why not? Now, if you're feeling adventurous and your kiddos are a little bit older, Strew some recipes in there with the measuring tools and see if they experiment and bake a few things. One year, my son got a cash register for Christmas with a bunch of play money. He loved that thing. It was a working cash register, so when he typed in the numbers, it actually calculated the cost. It was basically a calculator on steroids. When he hit the return button, the cash drawer opened up so he could collect money and give change. So I went to the dollar store and I got even more fake money and added it to the cash register. 
and then I tried to collect all the real coins that were lying around the house and added them to the cash register too. Your kids will have so much fun creating restaurants, shops, and grocery stores. I tried really hard to make my kids love puzzles, but they never took to them. However, I have friends who strew all kinds of puzzles all over the house. Puzzles are a great way to build spatial problem-solving skills and observation skills in a fun and cheap way. The last way to strew math can get a little expensive, but it's so worth the investment. I have a collection of math picture books and math games. We also had baskets around the house full of picture books from the library and books I owned. I always had a basket dedicated to math picture books. Yes, that is a thing. There are so many awesome picture books out there that teach simple things like counting, adding, shapes, and subtraction to more complicated math skills like fractions, divisions, measuring, and even factorials. I would put these math picture books around the house for the kids to read and to look at. I would read them to the kids during read-aloud time or at bedtime. It was such a fun way to introduce or reinforce important math skills. And then there are the math games. Actually, anything that has dice can be considered a math game and a great resource for strewing. You might be playing a geography game, but if you have to roll two dice and add them up to move, you're practicing math skills. I would change out the dice and use dice with numbers that go up to 12. This way on each roll, they were practicing larger addition facts. And any game that requires keeping score or adding up points is also a math game. My daughter and I love playing the game Dragonwood. It has tons of opportunities to add up points, even though it's a fairy tale and simulation game. My co-op students love playing the game Tacos vs. Burritos. Now this game has no educational value whatsoever, but it's so much fun to play. You have to add and subtract to figure out whose taco or whose burrito is worth the most. My son loved playing the game Into the Forest. Even though it was a food chain nature game, he had to add up energy points to figure out who won the game. So you see, math, counting, and adding are everywhere. They're so easy to strew about. We also played tons of simple math games with a deck of cards and a pile of dice. We also played tons of money games like Monopoly, Payday, Life, and classics like that. But then I also bought a few more math-specific board games for place value fractions and multiplication. There's just something about playing a game that takes distress out of learning math. This summer, you should try reading some of those great math picture books and try playing some of those really simple yet fun dice and card games. Listen to Coffee with Carrie Season 1 podcast, Math Morning Time, Tame Those Math Tears and Fears. It's full of suggestions and ideas. Then check out my Instagram account for my IGTV math series. I have several short videos explaining how to play 15 different math games with cards, dice, and paper and pencil, and they all teach skills from counting to multiplying to order of operations. So start strewing math. Spread and scatter fun math books to read, games to play, things to sort and build, and things to count and measure all around your house. Now, another really easy and fun subject to strew is science. Again, start with baskets of books and interesting things you already have around the house. Sometimes you just need to move a few books off the shelves and place them in plain sight, 
or you need to take a few things out of boxes and display them where curious eyes can find them in order to pique their curiosity. Now first, start by putting on your coffee table or your kitchen table a basket of rocks. Yes, rocks. If you have a magnifying glass around, put that in the box too. And if they're older, give them tools to help them sort, classify, and identify the rocks. Get a rock and mineral field guide and put it next to the basket. Put some vinegar in a little jar and let them test to see if the vinegar reacts or if it bubbles when it's put on certain rocks. Place a nail in the basket and suggest they try and scratch each rock. They can figure out what kind of rocks are in the basket by the rock's hardness, by the rock's color and striations, and even by the chemical makeup. There's no need to teach them or make this a formal lesson. Just put a bunch of different rocks in a basket with a few things to experiment with. Let their natural curiosity take over as they sort, classify, group, build, and even look for more rocks while they're on walks and in the park. Now, while we're speaking of baskets full of cool stuff, try strewing about a basket full of flowers or different seeds and seed pods. Or put on your table a basket full of different kinds of leaves or seashells. Again, place a few magnifying glasses in or by the basket with some field guides and let the kids discover the patterns, textures, colors, and unique characteristics of the different things found in nature. You will be surprised at how they will naturally group them or make different piles and how they'll want to find out more about a specific shell or seed pod or flower that they really found interesting. Just let their curiosity take over. Now, set up a little spot in your kitchen for some fun and quite messy <laughs> experimentation. If you have little ones, they can play with flour, cornmeal, chia seeds, actually anything that's safe for them and isn't a choking hazard. Put the flour or cornmeal into a plastic container and let them move it around. Trace it like sand or give them a little water and let them build and mold with it. Now for your older kids, put some measuring spoons in cups, some vinegar, box of baking soda, some dishwashing liquid or liquid soap, a big bottle of Elmer's glue, some saline solution, maybe some olive oil, sugar, salt definitely, and different kinds of flour all into that kitchen basket or container. Then let them have at it. They might even bake something. They might make bubbles with it. They might try to make some homemade slime or homemade oobleck or play-doh with the materials. So what if they get the proportions wrong? Edison said about his 10,000 light bulb experiments that he didn't fail 10,000 times, but that he found 10,000 ways electricity didn't work. So let your kids experiment and try to figure out the new recipes. Let them figure out what makes the best slime, the best way to get oobleck to run off the table, whatever. Just get ready for the mess and know that it's all for a good cause. Then try strewing some of your science stuff outside. One of my favorite things to do was to put all kinds of bird feeders outside in our yard. I tried to put them by windows so we could watch the birds from inside or while we were outside in our yard. Have fun making homemade bird feeders. You can get some really cool kits from Home Depot or you can make natural bird feeders out of peanut butter, bagels, bird seed, and some string. Hummingbird feeders are the best. But you can also plant this summer a few flowers that hummingbirds love. This way you can attract them naturally to your yard. A few years, we grew really big sunflowers in our yard. 
After they fully bloomed, we kept a few of them when the petals began to drop. We cut the massive sunflower head off of the stems and placed them in a strategic place in our yard where we could easily observe them and see them. Now the larger birds and squirrels would come and feast on the seeds within the sunflower. It was tons of fun to watch. Make sure you have some binoculars and a few bird field guides strewed about too. This way, as they spot and begin to watch the birds in your yard, they can get a closer look and even try to figure out what kind of bird they're watching. Now while you're outside, dig a really big hole and let them at it. Kids can spend hours playing in the mud and making mud pies. One year, my kids even made bricks. They're still in our garden as decorations. Yes, literally dig a hole, then let them explore what's in the hole. Let them watch to see what comes out of the hole and what animals are attracted to the hole. Then give them a hose and a watering can too. The fun really begins when they begin to fill the hole with water or when they mix the pile of dirt you collected from the hole with the water. One year we were doing a little construction in the backyard so we had some plastic pipes and some gutter-like objects in our yard. My son instinctively started building an aqueduct of sorts with the piping. He wanted to pour water in the pipes and see where they went. He experimented with angles to see how gravity would help him move the water faster or to different locations in the yard. It was amazing to watch. I couldn't have planned that any better myself. And it was all because we had a pile of dirt, a bunch of holes, and some plastic buckets and pipes in our yard. Now, while you're outside, try planting a garden too. Even if you don't have the space, you can plant tons of great veggies and pots. If your child doesn't help you plant the garden, you can certainly have her help you harvest the produce. A garden is a great way to observe animals and insects of all kinds. We always have pests and critters that visit our garden. So look for evidence of caterpillars and snails. Do you see any slime trails? Do you see any holes in the leaves? Look for evidence of animals. Do you see any scat nearby? Do you see any holes in the dirt? Lift up the pots. What comes scurrying out? What plants are the bees attracted to? Where do you find the ladybugs? Count the veggies. Count the flower buds. Measure the tomatoes and cucumbers. For fun, place some miniature figurines and toadstools in the garden and create a little fairy haven too. There are endless possibilities for creativity, imagination, and curiosity when you have a garden. If strewing is spreading a feast before your child, then tending a garden is a literal way, way to strew and spread a feast. Now, since you're growing a garden, try starting a compost pile too. It's super easy. You can even make one with a covered plastic bucket if you want. Start collecting materials you can put in your compost, like eggshells or coffee grinds, onion skins or pepper seeds, potato skins, you name it. If it isn't an animal product, it's safe to use. Then collect some worms and put them in your compost. Not only is it fun to watch the worms, but they help speed up the composting process. When you cut the lawn each week, dump the weeds and the grass in the compost too. These are all the ways you can nonchalantly strew science for free, or at least in a very inexpensive way. Now, if you have a little bit of money to spend, let me give you a few other suggestions that have worked wonders in our home. Check out the website Homeschool Science Tools. It's a business run by a homeschooling family. 
They have everything you would ever need to teach science, but I loved using their tools and kits for strewing. Go to their website, homeschooltools.com, and check out their science kit tab. Now, some of our favorites were the dissection kits, such as dissecting owl pellets, frogs, cow eyeballs, and sheep's brain. Yeah, we were a bit weird and curious around here. My daughter loved the shark dissection kit and the crime scene forensic kit, and my son really got into dissecting a sheep's heart and exploring with the basic chemistry kit. They even have STEM and robotics kits too. Now, depending on the kit you get, the prices range from $2 for owl pellets and cow eyeballs, or $60 or more for the chemistry and robotics kits. Now, depending on the age of your children, you can strategically place a science kit with all of its supplies in a basket or on a table. The materials will call out their names. They will not be able to resist them. Now, there's also some great monthly subscription kits you can invest in. Most cost about $20 to $30 a month, so it can get pretty costly. The best part, though, about these subscription kits is that they arrive with everything you need. Not only are the kids surprised each month, but so are you. Now, another really fun thing to naturally strew is to raise and observe different kinds of insects or animals. My favorite company to use is Insectalore. Every year around Easter time, we raise caterpillars and observe them turn into butterflies. Now, I never had to remind the kids to look at or watch the caterpillars. They loved watching them eat, grow, and then hang into their chrysalis, and of course, the highlight was when the larvae would emerge in butterflies. We also raised and observed the life cycle of ladybugs and praying mantis. One year, my son had an ant farm, and we also attempted to raise chicks in an incubator. A cup of caterpillars or a cup of ladybug larvae is about $16. Now, if you really have some extra money, invest in a good microscope and some really cool pre-made slides. Kids love looking at things in a microscope and drawing what they see. They instinctively want to make their own slides of all sorts of things that they find around the house, like carpet fibers, dog hair, lint. Again, I know my family sounds kind of strange, but we like this kind of stuff. Or invest in a really good telescope. Just set it up on your back porch or by a window and let their curiosity take over. So far, I've mentioned mostly natural things to strew, scatter, and share with your kids. But don't forget about circuits and magnets. My son and his friends spent hours playing with magnet building tiles and the snap circuit kits. And my daughter loved creating masterpieces with magnetic pattern blocks. And don't forget about games. Invest in some really fun science games about animals, inventions, national parks, space, dinosaurs, chemistry, and rocks. I have tons of recommendations at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. My very first blog was about teaching science with games. My all-time favorite science games are listed there. Check out a few of my Coffee with Carrie podcasts in Season 1 entitled Science Studies Made Simple, and in season two, entitled I Heart Science for more ideas. In those podcasts, I also recommend tons of great science games. And make sure you listen to See Coley Living this summer. I'm going to be a guest, and we're going to be talking about how to use games in our homeschooling. Finally, the best way to strew science, or actually any subject, 
You know it. It's through picture books. Go to the library and stock up on books about anything and everything. The more pictures, illustrations, and diagrams, the better. What's their passions? Get tons of books on those topics. What's going on in your neighborhood or your city right now? Get tons of books on that. What places will you be visiting this summer, and what things will you be seeing? Get books on that, too. What science topics did you not get to or cover this year? Get tons of books about those topics. Going to the beach? Get books on sea life and beach life. Going to the amusement park? Get books on gravity and inertia. Going to a national park? Get books on the animals and the natural wonders you'll see. Spending too much time on video games? Then get books on how to code and create your own games and apps. Picture books are the best way to pique any child's imagination. Don't make them read them. Just strew and scatter them around the house. Watch what they do with them. You can read the books to them at bedtime. You can put a few in your car for long car rides. Just get them and scatter them everywhere. So, do you believe me now? The art of strewing is super simple. And chances are, you are already a master at it. I hope last week and this week's podcast has inspired you to practice the art of strewing. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. It'll make a great beach companion. Now, if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who's homeschooling. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.